Well, over the last uh, several weeks, we've been diving into the book of Philippians, and this is one of my favorite books of the Bible. And if you've missed any of these sermons, they are available for you on the CBC app if you want to go and type in Clarksburg Baptist Church in your uh, app store, and you can find all these sermons. You can go back and listen to them uh, so you can catch up. You don't want to miss any of this uh, truth that we've been looking at. Over the first two chapters of Philippians, we've covered some foundational truths about being a Christian, and uh, we're learning how we can praise God while in prison, even when we don't understand why we're there, when, when we're in a struggle. We learned that Jesus is an example for humbleness, and that the core of being a Jesus follower is this idea of esteeming others as more important than ourselves, literally putting others first and above and beyond ourselves. We asked the question last week, do people in my life really have souls? Do I think of them as people that God breathed into? Are these people that are surrounding me, my mailman, the person that checks me out at a Walmart, or just people I pass on the sidewalk, do they really have souls? Am I thinking of them as real people that God loves, or are they just extra characters in my life story? And this week we're going to tackle uh, Philippians chapter 3. If you want to turn there in your Bible or on your phone, uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3 for the majority of time. But before we go there, you can stay there. But before we go there, we're going to pull some things out of the book of Psalms first. And we're going to read some passages from King David, one of the greatest rulers of uh, Jerusalem and, 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 and Israel. Uh, something you're going to notice from these passages, though, is this yearning and craving that David has for God. And hopefully you can relate to that at least at some point in your life where you had this overwhelming craving and yearning to have more of God and to be closer to God. I think uh, you, most of you would agree that a real Christianity is not just about organizations and religion or church branding uh, or just trying to be even a good person. Most of us are drawn and get excited and we want to be around people that just want more of God. I left uh, Pennsylvania around the age of 20 or so to go to Bible college. And one of the number one reasons I felt, first of all, I felt like it was what God wanted me to do. But I was excited about it because I knew the pastor there, Pastor Eric, was a person that just yearned and wanted to be close to God. And I wanted to go and learn from a person like that. Even as a, uh, a pastor of a church of like 12, uh, 1,200, he would stop and he would uh, take time to talk to somebody like me. That's a, you know, a teenager, a young 20-year-old kid. Uh, he didn't walk around like we all should uh, revere him and bow down once he entered a room or uh, you know, wait with bated breath for every word that he might say. I knew that he wanted to be close to God, and he wanted to be like Jesus. He simply craved and yearned for God, and there was something awesome about that. I wanted to be around someone like that. And we'll see that about David as well, that he simply longed for God. And God desires you to simply long for him as well. Let's start in Psalm 63. It'll be up here on the screen. Look at these words. David says, O God... You are my God, not my parents' God, not my wife's God, 
you're my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and a weary land where there is no water. David longs for God like a dehydrated person stranded in the desert longs for water. Verse 3, why does he long for God? He says, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Verse 42, uh, or excuse me, chapter 42 of Psalms. And you know this verse if you've been in church for very long. As a deer pants for the water. As a deer pants for the flowing streams. So pants my soul for you, O oh God. Now, if you've not been in church for very long, that verse might at first make you wonder, what are deer pants? <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay to get distracted by those things. But what it's saying here, it's just like a dog pants. A deer can pant for water too. And there's a certain amount of uh, pain that's involved in that, right? This, this thirst, this want, this craving for something. And we see this, uh, this verse stitched on pillows and, 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 and uh, hanging on people's wall, this little Bambi deer drinking out of a brook. But have you ever been so thirsty that you just feel like panting? You're, it's, it's pain involved. There's, there's a need that you need to fill, an overwhelming desire. That's what David says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. It thirsts for you. Psalms 27, verse 1. He says, one thing, one thing, one thing have I asked of you that I will seek after. He says, this one thing I want, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. David says, there's one thing I want. I want to be near to Christ. I want to have the presence of God in my life every day. Now, King David wasn't the only one that felt this way, this longing. The ancient church leader, Augustine, 400 years after Christ, put his longing this way. He says, how sweet, all at once, it was for me to be rid of those fruitless joys which I had once feared to lose. You drove me from them. You who are the truth, the sovereign joy, you drove them from me and took their place. You who are sweeter than all pleasures, you who outshine all light, yet are hidden deeper than any secret in our hearts. You who surpass all honor, though not in the eyes of men who see all honor in themselves. Oh, Lord, my God, my light, my wealth, and my salvation. Augustine has this longing, this pursuit, this overwhelming desire. You are all I want, God. I just want Jesus. 
And all those things I used to be so scared that I was going to lose, all my financial security, all my relationships in my life, all those things I used to hold on to, you took their place, you drove them from me, all those earthly desires, and you are sweeter than all of those things ever could be. Martin Luther said it this way. He says, God, I wish to devote my mouth and my heart to you. He says, I just want Jesus. I wish to devote my mouth and heart to you. I shall teach the people. I myself will learn and ponder diligently upon your word. God, use me as your instruments, but do not forsake me. Look at this. For if I ever should be on my own, I would easily wreck it all. Spurgeon said, Lord, I thank thee that this, this thing that we're talking, this longing for God, this relationship, this, which is a necessity of my new life, is also its greatest delight. So I do at this hour feed on thee. Hey, Spurgeon says, this thing that I need, I, I can't do this without you, God. I need it. But the awesome thing about this need is it's also the greatest delight that I could ever share in. If you've ever uh, gone out of the country, they give you vaccinations uh, to make sure that you don't get uh, some disease, malaria, or some of these other things. And that is a need that doesn't have delights involved in it. They give you shots, and it's not awesome. But here he says, this thing that I need is also the greatest delight. So I'm going to feed on you. I'm going to get close to you. John Owen said, on Christ's glory, I will fix all my thoughts and desires. And the more I see of the glory of Christ, the more the painted beauty of this world will wither in my eyes and I will be more and more crucified to this world. Those of you that uh, struggle, and I, I've been there and I am there. Those of you that have struggled with this desire for these earthly things. And, but once you begin to have this closeness to God, those things begin to lose their color and their taste and their flavor. All the things that you used to put so much stock in. God is better. Christ is better than all those things. See, what we see, these men have this yearning, this angst, this want for God, this desire for God. See, the Bible even tells us that even creation groans and yearns to be back the way it was before the fall of man in Romans 8. Creation even groans for God to restore it. And inside you, there's this groaning, this want, this desire to have this relationship with God once again. So we see this yearning, this strong desire for God. We see the biblical men, our forefathers, had this desire. We see historically the church leaders had this longing for God. We even see creation has this longing, this groaning, this yearning for God. So the question is, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't we? Why don't we have this longing, this closeness, this, this, why is this uncommon in our day today? Why are we so easily satisfied with where we are? Ah, I know God enough. I don't need any more. I have enough. I don't, I don't desire very much more. I'm good. I, I've done a lot for God. I, I, you know, back in my day, I taught a Sunday school class. I did this and I did that, but now I'm, I'm, I'm past those times. Give it to somebody else. I have had enough. I've served enough. I've done enough. I don't want any more. I don't need any more. 
Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 tell us to beware of people who put confidence in their flesh. And they have this list of things that they have done which is good. And they meet these outward standards that everyone can see. And they expect everyone else to meet those things as well. The Bible says uh, to stay away from those people. In fact, it says it this way, beware of dogs. That's what it's talking about there. And Paul goes on to tell them, if anyone could put glory in their accomplishments, it's me. That's what Paul says in verse 4. He says, though I myself, I've got reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone could glory in the things that they've done, it's me. But if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. He says, I'm, I was circumcised on the eighth day like the Old Testament law commanded. He, I'm of the people of Israel, God's people. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, a very special honor. He says, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. And then he says, as to the law, I was a Pharisee. That was a high honor in that day. And as to zeal, I was so zealous for God, and even though it was pointed in the wrong direction, I was so zealous for God that I was a persecutor of the church. I was willing to do things that nobody else was. And then he says, as to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. Man, those are some big statements, right? Paul says, look, if anyone wants the glory in the flesh, if anyone wants to make a list of accomplishments that they have done, this is me. I could do it. I've got the best of the best. I've got a trophy case full of all these things that I could show off. In our terms in the world today, he he would say, I I go to church every single Sunday. I've never missed one in my entire life. I've memorized half the New Testament. I tithe every single Sunday and I go above and beyond. I never once have said a cuss word. I don't even watch R-rated movies. Paul says, if anyone could have confidence in his flesh, it's me. If anyone could glory in their accomplishments, it's me. But then he puts a stop to it. And he screams out, who cares? All these things that I've just listed, other people would say they're amazing things. And in fact, I used to think they were so amazing, these accomplishments that I had. But then in verse 7, he says, but whatever I had and whatever gain I had, all this list of things, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever gain those things had brought me. I count them as lost for the sake of Christ. When I thought all these things I was doing, I was gaining, I actually was losing. Who cares what I've accomplished? I'll give it all away for the cause of Christ. And you see this yearning that Paul has, his thirst, his craving for Christ. I just want Christ. Verse 8, he says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. He says, all these things that I had, I suffered, I've lost them all. But he's not sad about it. He says, no, I count them as rubbish. They're trash in order that I may gain Christ. All my accomplishments are no better than garbage in comparison to the Lord Jesus Christ. Another version in here goes even further and says, all these things, I count them as dung. 
All my accomplishments are no better than feces in comparison to my Lord Jesus Christ. I just want Christ. More of him and less of me. Verse 9 says, in order that I might gain Christ. And then it says, and be found in him. Not having the righteousness of my own. Not about my accomplishment that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. He says, this, this righteousness that I now seek is not a righteousness that I can accomplish. It's a righteousness that I can get through my faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, look, you can have all those things that I have. You can have perfect church attendance. You can share the gospel with every person you ever meet. You can never struggle again with pure eyes or speech again. You can clean up your life and never struggle with sin again. But if you do all those things without Christ, it is worthless. It's garbage. See, being a good person is not the point. The goal is Christ and Christ alone. I just want Christ. The goal for pursuing Christ is not physical blessings or even to make us better people. Christ is the end goal. See, since Christ is infinite, there is always more to be had of him. Even in heaven, there will always be more to know and more to see and more to listen about and learn. And Paul and Augustine and David and Luther are all saying, I just want more. And when we have an infinite God, we can always have more. Now, God made us all immensely different. And the question for you is, what can you do to feed that desire to know more of God? And we know that scripture and worship and church and prayer are going to be part of that process. But the way that you feed yourself spiritually and, and go about becoming closer and, and feeding that desire is not going to be the same way that I do. We don't all have to sit at a desk and make a list and a pencils and paper to feed your desire for God. No, it means find whatever stirs your affection for God and chase it. Whatever makes you feel closest to God, you go do that thing. Now, like we said, it's not, that doesn't mean you don't read your Bible and pray, but it means don't be satisfied with just an intellectual Christianity. For me, sometimes when I've had that yearning and that longing and that wanting to be closest to God, it's been in, in different places. And sometimes it's been at, in a night where I'm able to just pause and look at the stars or stare at the ocean. Sometimes it's driving long distances where I don't have anything else on my mind. I can't look at my phone and my mind's completely clear. So I begin to just focus on God and who God is. Sometimes for me, it's been walking in the woods with no destination or, or watching my children play and, and, and listening to that laughter and saying, God is amazing. Sometimes it's just counting my blessings. And if you're ever stuck in a place where you don't feel that yearning, just begin to think about all that God has done for you. Remembering the promises of Scripture. Singing worship just by myself. Just singing out to God. God, you are so good. You're a good, good father. You're beautiful. Or spending that extra time in prayer and crying out to God through prayer. 
See, anything that stirs up this yearning to know God more is what you should chase. Instead of just being satisfied that I've checked off boxes and I have accomplished something, no, it doesn't stop till I have felt this connection with my God. Now, there are also some things that can yearn, uh, that can that can rob us of that yearning and craving for God. Insignificant things can rob us of that want for God. If I'm not careful with sports, those things can rob me of my joy and pursuit of God. The Eagles lose and they lose in a bad way. I might not want to talk to anybody for like five hours. That's stupid, right? That that could rob my joy. These, I'm a, you know, a 33-year-old overweight man that couldn't run the distance from one end zone to the other, and I'm sitting there upset that some professional athletes have done something that I thought they shouldn't do as they're throwing around an inflated piece of leather. That's stupid that that would, and for the Patriots, an overinflated piece of leather. But <laughs> that's stupid that something like that could rob my joy. And insignificant things could take away my pursuit and my yearning and distract me. How dumb is that? Sometimes TV can do it for me as well. I can begin to laugh at things that God calls wrong, or I can get sucked into a drama and be just emotionally drained, and I just, I want distance, and I want walls around me. Or I can watch some type of scary horror-type movie and, and, and be involved with these feelings of fear. Are all these things necessarily wicked? No, not necessarily, but if they distract me from God and pull me away from my pursuit of God and Christ, then I need to leave them to the side. So how can we stir this affection for Christ? Each of us are created differently and unique. So find what stirs your affection for Christ and throw off anything that hinders you, any weight that holds you back. So that's the question for you today. Are you pursuing God? Are you yearning? Are you panting? Are you hungry? Are you thirsting for God? Or is your focus just to be a, bit, a better person, to feel a little less guilty? Is your focus just to get blessings from God and, and maybe if I come to church, God will you know, help my stocks and my 401k and, and I want to make sure that I don't get sick all of a sudden. So I need to make sure that I go to church. See, really what it boils down is the difference. And this is what we're talking about. The difference between religion and revival. Renewal. Let me read you some quotes here. Let these things sink into your heart. It says, religion is always outside in. I'll do something for you, God, and you do something for me. But come on now. Do we not see how backward and idiotic that is? The gospel comes from the inside out. We're not seeking God to get a sticker or an attaboy from him. It's a tragic failure to use the gifts and blessings of God as if they themselves are God's. We must never elevate the creation over the creator. We're not seeking him to enjoy the blessings or rewards he gives us, but rather to enjoy him. So the reason why we study his word, why we attack our sin, and why we share generously from our resources, and why we serve people around us is not to persuade him to love us or bless us, 
We do these things because he already does love us and he already has blessed us. That's how the gospel provides true satisfaction. And revival comes when we no longer are satisfied just to know about God in history. Instead, we meet the conditions of finding him in living and personal experience. Modern mankind can go everywhere and do everything and be completely curious about the entire universe. But only a rare person now and then is curious enough to want to know God. Psalms 63.1, O God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and a weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary and beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So as long as you live, as long as I live, in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. As the deer, Psalms 42, pants for the living flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Can you say like Paul did, like Augustine, like John Owen, like Luther did, that I just want God. Can you say like Paul said, all things I had gained, all these things I had put all my hope in, my college degree, the promotion I got, the, the, the car I drive, all these things that I had put so much stock in, I count them now as lost that I may win Christ. I just want Jesus. The band's gonna come. And you could be seated. We're going to do things a little bit different today. I don't know about you, but I easily can get stuck in routine and habit and ruts, especially with church things. I can get stuck in just doing things the same way over and over and over again. But here at CBC, we want to keep things fresh. We don't want to do that. Why? Because we serve an amazing God and his mercies are new every single day. The Bible tells us to sing new songs. So as we try and keep things fresh, and especially important things like communion, we're going to do things different ways to make us a little bit uncomfortable, to make it a little bit harder for us just to glaze through the way that we've always done. Now, obviously, as we partake today, we remember that Communion is for the saints, those that have been saved and baptized, those that have made a commitment to Christ and followed in obedience. And we're going to do things a little bit different. The deacons are going to pass out the elements here in a second. And what they're going to do is they're going to bring uh, the, the cup and then they're going to bring the bread. And then we're going to give you a chance and an opportunity as a band plays and as we meditate and worship for you to take those things when you're ready. We're not going to have one, two, three, drink, one through three, eat. We're going to give you a chance to spend a little time and ask the question, am I right now yearning and panting and thirsting after God? It's no coincidence that these elements, this, this juice and these bread is drink and food. 
Why? Because it represents the body and blood of Christ, but it also represents that we need him like we need drink and we need food. We need to hunger and thirst after Christ. So they're going to come in a second. And we're going to ask as they pass these things out, you can pass it to the next person beside you and then take that element. That way when you have both things in your hands, you won't be distracted. And if you need to, there's little cup holders right in front of you that you can put your uh, cup there in front. But we want to give time. I'm not going to talk a lot. It's not going to be about me. This is going to be about you and Jesus asking that question. And you might get about 30 seconds in, be like, oh, this is weird. I'm done with this. When is this going to be over? And when that hits you in your heart, remind yourself, what do I really want? I just want to get to the next thing in life. I just want to get through the awkward silence. Or do I just want more of Christ? Do I want him and thirst for him and and a hunger after him? The band's going to sing. You stay seated. You be in an attitude of prayer. And I'm going to do it too. And let's spend some time in this community, taking communion and joining in together and remembering the love of Jesus Christ on the cross, the blood, the body that was broken for us and spilled out for us. Let's pray and bless these things. Dear Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would bless these elements, God, and Lord, help us to remember their importance, God. Help us not to get caught up in the the time that we're spending, God, help us to give that to you. God, I pray help us to not think about if there's an email on our phone or an update or a text message, God. God, help, let us help, help us to ask ourselves that question. Am I thirsting right now? Am I longing and hungry for you? Am I panting for you? your name we pray.